are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 177. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. I love the number of episode we are at, 177. It's got a 17. It's got two sevens. It's got all the numbers that I love. And therefore, I'm going to really bring the heat in this episode because I've had some really interesting experiences within the addiction recovery world over the last couple of weeks that um, I've been saving up and I'm seeking to culminate in this episode as we move into the back half of the year. Here comes winter for a majority of the country. Fall and winter will bring in colder temperatures. It will lead us more inside. We will start to be seeking ways of creating enjoyment for ourselves closer to home. Whereas the spring and the summer is really about this sort of expanding your world. There's this opportunity when the fall and the winter come around to not necessarily contract, constrict ourselves, but certainly for us to um, slow down a little bit. Right, The earth, at least in this hemisphere and in this part of the world, is going to start to uh, go into a bit of a slumber. And it doesn't mean that we stop growing for ourselves as much as it is an opportunity for us to shift the ways that we have been experiencing life. I came across this really cool TikTok the other day, and um, this is just conscious stream of thought. I hadn't intended on bringing this up, and I couldn't tell you who it was because you know how TikTok goes. You're just sliding through stuff. Um, And this person, this woman, was talking about how we have these high energy and we have these low energy moments in our lives. And it could happen over the course of a day or course of a week, a month. But you'll have times where you'll feel super high energy and then there's other times where you feel super low energy. This is part of the human condition. We're going to NLP our way out of this. We can use powerful word combinations to not experience it as a less than moment when our energy is downshifted, but to just understand that this is just the normal way of life, that we're going to have times when we're high energy, super creative, super motivated, and there's going to be other times where we're a little bit slower or feeling a little bit more introspective, maybe a little bit more meditative, or there's, there's something going on inside of us. So I want to bring this up real fast before we get into the, the meat of the show. What I took away from this video was that you have these high energy moments, and this is when you expand, this is when you create, this is whenever you make huge changes, you set yourself down a, a, a path utilizing a plan and a strategy to accomplish something. At some point in this cycle, you will downshift. This downshift isn't a, this isn't bad. This isn't like there's something wrong with you. Waking up with low energy, feeling less than creative whenever five days ago you were on fire and you were feeling like everything was clicking on all cylinders. It's not a bad thing when you downshift. And in fact, it sounds like it's a normal part of our energy cycle. That you have these moments of high creativity, high success, high energy where you're thinking you can charge through a wall. That isn't a sustainable behavioral strategy for the human brain and the human body to be firing rapidly a thousand miles an hour just every single day for years on end. The downshift is going to come. When the downshift comes, it's actually your body 
um, condensing itself. Uh, is that the best word? It's it's like it's a reset. You had a bunch of high energy, right? Now you downshift, and this is just your chance to rest, to accumulate the energy again. It's imagine your life like a Fast and the Furious vehicle. You guys know that movie, right? Where the Fast and the Furious cars, they fancy them all up. And one of the things they tend to put in all of these cars is that nitrous button. And you can push the nitrous button, the car's going to go super fast. But you don't just keep pushing, pushing, pushing the nitrous button. At some point, you stop. Like you got the initial burst that you were looking for. And now you've got that speed, you've got that momentum, and now the car is just going to return back to the normal speed for which it was meant to be driving at. You can't go 150 miles an hour the whole time. I mean, think about a NASCAR, right? Those cars are built to go 200 some miles an hour around a loop for 500 miles. If you tried to make that car go 1,000 miles or 1,500 miles, there is no way that that car is built to do that. No matter how much effort they put into that, things will begin to break. You have to take the car, you're going to put it in the garage, you got to let it rest, you got to do some work on it and get it ready for the next race. You are similar. You can have these high energy moments and you can be firing on all cylinders. And when you notice that you wake up and your energy is a little low, that you're, you're feeling differently than you did three or four days ago. Danny C. Muniz, who was on the show about a while back, will talk about energy when it comes in terms of the sun and the moon and the stars and the zodiac and all of that stuff. And I really do believe that that has a very strong pull on us. We are a lot of water. Our bodies are like 70% water and the moon pulls on water. We are like a high tide, low tide. So when you feel that low energy, instead of getting mad at yourself, instead of wanting to beat yourself up for not always being high energy, realize it's in that opportunity that you can utilize the rest period. You can say, okay, well, what are the things that I told myself I was going to be doing when I was high energy? Make sure you're doing those things on the day that you have low energy. You don't need to add new things to your list. You don't have to sit there and you know read a 400-page book. You don't have to journal for two hours. If your energy isn't there for those kind of newer endeavors or those big energetically draining endeavors, then just simply do the things that you told yourself you were going to do in order to be able to walk away from each day feeling like you won that day. If you said 10,000 steps and it's a low energy day, get your 10,000 steps, push through. But don't also try to add in going to the gym or you know jumping rope for 45 minutes. If you told yourself you were going to have emotionally strong conversations with your partner and on a day you have low energy, maybe you just cuddle or you hold hands or you just you're you're just being in their space and loving them for being in your space and sharing these moments with you. It doesn't have to be a day where you have the deep introspective conversation. If you're feeling mentally fatigued, this is a day you can release yourself from learning something new and perhaps just review and think about the things that you've already learned over the last few days, weeks, or months that have led you here. When you have low energy, it is your chance to refuel. It is your chance to rest and allow your body and your mind to then begin to reinvigorate because it is a cycle. It is a circle. It will come back. If you allow yourself to rest effectively during your low energy times and you do what is good for you, that self-care we talk about, you will find yourself replenished and ready to go when you get back up to the top of the cycle that you will inevitably rotate back into when the high energy comes back to you. 
and you have that fiery spirit where you, the drive and ambition is just ready to pour out of you. So rest when you feel low so that your highs can be what you want them to be. It's amazing how much, when I heard that TikTok, I was like, wow, I, I know I have days where I'm like, this is just not a day where I can create. This isn't a day where I can add more onto my to-do list. So I just pull back. Okay, well, what are the things that I have to do for work today? Like the, the things that I had set on my schedule. Okay, let's get those done. And then you know what? Maybe it's just some steps or maybe it's just sitting back in my office chair watching some NFL network. I, today is a good day to just let my breast, my, my breast, my brain rest, which now you know breast is just a configuration, a contraction of brain and rest, apparently. Uh, Freudian slip? I do not know. So that's about the, on the energy thing. Just be noticing when you have those low energy days that is not a negative. That is actually just your body and your mind, your spirit, your emotions, just refueling, right? It's a, it is just part of the cycle. It is nothing to beat yourself up about. The meat of today's episode, because it's episode 177, I want to bring you guys some heat. I have been working with a lot of different organizations within the sobriety recovery community since I moved to North Alabama. Uh, I'm, in, you know, not only am I involved in the CRSS and the CPRS programs in Alabama and Tennessee, I'm also on the board of an organization called um, Friends of Recovery Alabama, which is the nonprofit arm of the Alabama CRSS program. I've had some really great conversations with Not One More Alabama and some of the people who are on the board there. I look very much forward to becoming more involved in what they do. They're very much focused on, you know, ending overdoses, getting people the help they need before they get so far gone that um, overdose is almost like, it's like it's already, they're already on that path and they're working so great. And it's, it was started up by some very loving, amazing people who really have an emotional connection to this world. I've been visiting with addiction recovery centers and facilities, um, discussing IOPs, intensive outpatient programs, and developing those so that I can intertwine what it is I talk about into the programs that they've already established, as well as I've become an advocate for people seeking their help and recovery as part of my peer work. And I've been noticing uh, some people really are rocking out the positive use of language. And then some of the people I come across um, definitely have some really amazing work ahead of them when it comes to utilizing their language patterns and their thought patterns to increase their efficiency as far as feeling like they're moving in a good direction for themselves. And that's a subjective perspective. Are they moving in a good direction or not? That is purely my subjective perspective, just like theirs is their subjective perspective. So today what we're going to do is we're going to go back into some of my really hot topics, some of the things that I talk about all the time. And I really want to bring these back up into the conversation because I think that when you fully understand some of these topics, like uh, as deep the level as you are ready to attain, you will understand how important it is to integrate this stuff into the way you see the world. And we're going to start off today with personal responsibility. Now, I had um, some really, really intense conversations with a young man over the last week or two who is working his way through his version of sobriety and recovery. And one of the things that consistently was coming up was, uh, at least out of his mouth, from my subjective perspective, what I was noticing 
was a lot of blaming and complaining and making excuses. Now, we talk about the empowerment dynamic a lot on this show, and that's whenever you are your own creator. You create your life. I am the coach in the empowerment dynamic, and then there is the world out there that is the challenger. Now, I can also take on the challenge role, just like you can take on the challenge role, and at times you'll also take on your own coach role. And no doubt, you have people around you who look to you for advice, and now you've become the coach. So in the empowerment dynamic, you've got creator, coach, and challenger. This is how you empower yourself, by seeing the world this way. Coach and creator, and then there's the coach and creator work together, and then there are challenges that come from the world, from yourself, from others around you. And so challenger, coach, creator is the empowerment dynamic. When you are feeling disempowered, you are in the disempowerment dynamic. And that is where you are the victim, there is a villain, and you're waiting on the hero to come save the day. This is literally the hero's journey archetype. This is how movies are made. There's the victim, there's the villain, and there's the hero. And when you're the when you are the victim, you are standing on the side of the building while the green goblin is throwing fiery pumpkins at you, waiting on Spider-Man to come swoop in and save the day. Well, if Spider-Man's busy saving days somewhere else, you're not going to fare very well against the Green Goblin. So if you are stepping into the villain, victim, and hero, disempowered dynamic, then you are, the, you are literally seeing yourself as the victim. That you, What is going on to you is because of other people. And that is where we go back to personal responsibility. This isn't an action movie. This is, we are not living in a superhero world. This isn't the Marvel universe. This is your life. This is your life. And now while we are creating our lives with a lot of external influences, if you spend a majority of your time blaming and complaining and making excuses for why you don't have the life that you desire for yourself, you are falling into the victim, villain, hero dynamic. When you are in the empowered dynamic where you are the creator of your life, there are those that seek to to coach you through things. And there is also the world that is challenging you. You are empowered. Challenges aren't nefariously done to you as much as they are just pushing you outside of your comfort zone. You seek to grow in the discomfort zone. If it is comfortable, if you are doing things that are comfortable all the time, you're just in trance mode. You're just following your basic daily habit structure, and you're not pushing yourself to any new limit. So when I talk to this young man, and I'm hearing blaming and complaining and making excuses, he is handing over his power to other people saying that I can't achieve any of these things, I have not achieved any of these things, and I will not achieve any of these things because all these villains out here are holding me back. And if they would just do what I say and just do what I'm asking, just do what I want them to do, all of a sudden my life would flourish and everything would just be milk and honey on the sidewalk and gold would rain from the sky. That's not reality. Waiting on other people to give you things, to provide things for you, is setting yourself in a position where you do not have the power over your own life you are creating. 
You are literally sitting in the passenger seat of your life's car. So where are you blaming and complaining and making excuses in your life? I get that when we were children, we did not ask for the trauma. We did not ask for our parents to ignore us or hurt us or for somebody to abuse us or for us to be moved around a ton or for mom to get the disease or for, you know, the friends that you had to be fair weather or for dad to spend 18 hours a day at the office. I didn't ask for any of those things. Life was just happening to us because we are kids. Our control over our environment was very limited. We were really at the mercy of those primary caregivers. So now here we are as adults, where we've decided to get sober, which is just the act of not getting intoxicated anymore. The recovery is where we start to heal all of the reasons that, and again, some people can hear reasons, other people can hear excuses, but we start to heal the reasons for why, as children, this stuff happened. We weren't emotionally intelligent enough to heal through it Uh, usefully, desirably, then as children, it led us to the life that we have, and then we got sober, and now it's time for addiction recovery, and now we're ready to heal the traumas. So we can keep blaming the people who we believe impose the trauma upon us. Some of it made up, a lot of it very real, especially if you were physically or emotionally or mentally abused, very real trauma, absolutely real trauma. But if we want to keep blaming those moments that happened 10, 5, 10, doesn't, whatever, how much ever time ago, if we want to keep blaming that for why we're currently still making the decisions, again, it's not self-sabotage once we are aware of it. Then it's just a shitty choice. For those of you who have suffered the most heinous of all of the abuses, and any physical abuse is heinous, but you know where I'm referencing here, that's painful, and that can be heartbreaking, and over the course of time, that can literally debilitate your life. And you can blame, and you can have furious rage and anger, but like it's been said before, and I'll say it again, having hate and anger and animosity towards somebody is like drinking poison and hoping they get sick. Whatever they did, they did back then, not necessarily against you, but for themselves. Something was missing inside of themselves, and this is how they chose to live their life, by abusing you because there was such pain inside them that this is what they woke up and thought was a good decision. That's a lot of fucking trauma over there on their side, and absolutely something that they need to work on. But we're talking to you. We're talking about me. We're talking about us here in this community. When there is pain inside of you, regardless of how it got there, it is your responsibility to heal it. And that can be painful to hear when we have lived in the victim dynamic for so long. But you want to keep complaining and making excuses and blaming others for where you're at rather than saying, okay, okay, you know what? That person did that to me and it was not nice. And I, and that is some effing bull, but okay, I'm here now, right? Nobody wants a flat tire in the middle of a freaking snowstorm, but when it happens, you can sit there and blame, blame the person who dropped the nail in the street, or you can start figuring out a way to fix the tire so you can get the hell out of the snowstorm. Standing there and complaining about the flat tire is not going to fix the flat tire. 
making excuses for why you aren't more prepared to fix the flat tire isn't going to fix the flat tire. And I'm by no means trying to minimize the physical, emotional, mental trauma that we all have potentially gone through by comparing it to a flat tire. It's just a simple way for me to conjure up within yourself a situation that you are probably familiar with. At some point, you've seen somebody or experienced a flat tire and thought, the only way this is going to get fixed is if we fix it, call AAA, get a tow truck, something's got to happen. How can I create the change in this moment so I'm no longer standing here with a flat tire? In that moment, you are called into action. And because assuming that you're not still standing on the road 14 years later with a flat tire, you figured that out. So when you blame and complain and make excuses, you're just standing on the side of the road screaming at the car or screaming at somebody near you, and you're not actually taking any action to get yourself out of this situation. That would seem asinine, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, where have you been the last four months? I was standing on the side of the road screaming at my car. <laughs> no, we go into action mode. But for some reason, when it comes to ourselves, we are less prone to action mode and more prone to the disempowered mode, where we are the victim. Where's the hero? Who's going to save us? Yes, you can call AAA, and in that moment, they can be the they can also be that coach. They can be that person who, yes, in a way, sort of heroed into it. But you had to take action to get them on it. You had to make that happen for yourself. I was just driving by with a tow truck and randomly saying, "You know what? I'm just going to stop and do this." Okay, perhaps in a, in a universe of infinite possibilities, that could be a possibility. But the likelihood is very much limited if you don't reach out, if you don't send up a flare, if you don't create the way out of that situation. So when I hear this young man constantly, constantly with the blaming and the complaining and the making of excuses, it is going to be very difficult for him to make these radical changes in his life when he thinks other people have the power over the decisions he's making. Yes, there are limitations to what he will be able to achieve because of his finances, because of his maturity, because of his education level at the time. But if he steps into a creator role, he can begin to learn and take on new resources that will, that will you know, move his education up, that will move his maturity up, that will move his finances up. But if he's constantly thinking that everybody else has done this to him, and that he has had no say in it, and that none of this is on him, then he is disempowered. And when you are disempowered, you have given up your power. Where are you blaming and complaining and making excuses? This is essential for you to understand. This is essential for you to understand about yourself. Because where you're blaming and complaining and making excuses is more than likely an area of your life that you are dissatisfied with and you are ready to step it up. And the more you keep spiraling and spinning on this being somebody else's problem, somebody else has done this to you, the less likely you are to to take action, to heal it, to work through it. This is very important. And right now my concentration's a bit thrown off because all of a sudden there are a ton of birds in the backyard. And I would love to go put bird seed in the bird feeder. But these silly squirrels are always out there eating the bird food. And the moment I put the bird food out there, they'll go eat it. I have yet to figure out how to get these birds to be able to eat the bird food without the squirrels coming in and scaring them away. It's something that I'm determined to figure out. 
more than likely I'm going to spend $30 on a special birdhouse, but I will figure that out. So anyways, totally squirreled on you right there. Speaking of squirrels, <laughs> I was looking out the window and all of a sudden there was like seven birds and I was like, I wish I could feed you. <laughs> so personal responsibility, blaming. Was I blaming the squirrels? Yes. Blaming the squirrels for eating the bird food. So therefore my birds don't have food. I'm complaining about the squirrels and I'm making excuses. Right? Oh, well, I would do this, but you know, it's the squirrels. I already know a bird feeder exists out there that whenever the squirrels get try to sit on it, it causes the entire bird feeder to close. Over the course of time, the bird the squirrels would realize that they cannot access this food any longer, and they would stop going up there, and then the birds would be able to access it because they are clearly flying around this bird feeder like, where the heck is the food? So even there, I'm lacking personal responsibility. Makes me want to go buy the bird feeder right now and just step into action mode. Okay, so I would also like to discuss your identity statements. One of the things that this young man kept saying over and over and over again is like, I am a piece of shit. I am a piece of shit. Now, here's the thing. You know, and I said, okay, well, what could you be other than a piece of shit? What is something else that you could say about yourself? He's like, oh, you just want me to say I am an amazing person. Uh, Everything about me is wonderful. No. 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 Uh, Let's step back for a moment. If you go around calling yourself a piece of shit, Getting you from I am a piece of shit to I am an amazing person is not one step. When I work with people in their physical health, getting somebody from thinking like I am a big fat piece of shit to I am fit as a fiddle is not one step. It's going to take months of work. If somebody can barely look at themselves in the mirror and they definitely hate themselves, I cannot in in one day get them to go from, I hate myself, I can't look at myself in the mirror, to I love myself, I love looking at myself in the mirror. That is not one step. It is not one rung up a ladder. It is a journey. To go from, I am a piece of crap, to I am an amazing person, is not one rung up the ladder. First, you go from, I'm a piece of shit to perhaps it's just, I'm a piece of crap, or uh, I'm a piece of work, or wow, I am really out of control. Um, you start to step up, right? right? Thinking you're a piece of shit and you're not even worthy of the oxygen you breathe is thinking that you're like down there with a dung beetle. We want you soaring up with the eagles, but it's not, it's not a one-rung evolution. When you go around saying that you're a piece of shit, you're going to keep spiraling and, and corkscrewing that into your brain. That is an identity statement that you will eventually habituate to the point where no matter what compliments you get, no matter what successes you have, no matter what you have done for yourself to bring yourself up, you are going to look in the mirror and you're going to see that same old piece of crap person that you've been calling yourself for years. The journey from I am a piece of crap to I am a wonderful person is going to take time. When you think that you can just, and this is where we get that fake it till you make it, you know, mentality that can actually cost us in this situation. Faking it till you make it can work in certain situations, but when it comes to thinking that I'm a wonderful person and just tr- directly trying to go from a, I'm a piece of crap to I'm a wonderful person, this is where you get um, a discombobulation in your brain. This is where it doesn't feel congruent. Because to go from I'm a piece of crap to I'm a wonderful person is too big of a leap for your conscious mind to be able to believe. So you slowly but surely start to reframe it differently, differently. So instead of I'm a piece of crap, it's like I am a work in progress. 
I am working today. Not trying. And this is where I would take the word try out, right? Like Yoda says, there's either do or do not. There is no try. You're not trying to be gentler on yourself. You're either being gentler on yourself or you're not being gentler on yourself. And this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Whenever I make one of these little human errors, instead of beating myself up, I just simply say, life has humbled me. I am more present moving forward. Not life is humbling. No, to me, I'm very specific about these words. Life has humbled me because it's in the past. I've already, I've experienced the humbling moment. Now I'm just ruminating on it. So life has humbled me. I am more present. And you can say that simply. That could be the end of the sentence. I am more present now. Literally have an action statement. I am more present now. Life humbled me. I am more present now. In this moment, I am more present. I have brought my self-awareness from this trance-like state most of us live into, into the current moment. That was humbling. I was humbled by life. I messed that up, but I am more present now. What can I do in the now, in the empowerment dynamic? Don't need to blame my, don't, don't need to blame the phone for ringing. Don't need to complain about having too much on my to-do list today, and that's why I screwed this task up. Don't need to make excuses for myself. Simply, life humbled me. I am more present now. When you start to utilize your words this powerfully, then you start to understand that you aren't a piece of shit. We are all blessed with this sort of divinity in my world. We are all just blessed with this divinity. Anything with a heartbeat is just blessed with this divinity of living life on this planet. Right? I know some of my California friends would, 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 would balk and be like, so you say that and then you eat animals. Yes, there are, there are certain animals that I will eat, and I believe that, uh, that their sacrifice for my betterment is a blessing. They, they were put on this planet so that I might be able to grow big and strong and, and live a nourished life. It's understandable how some people would get confused by that. I don't, I'm not going to jump into the whole just debate on eating animals versus only eating plants because, I mean, plants breathe too. So well, we, if we try not to eat anything that breathes, we're pretty much never going to eat food. But when you live in a world where you start to pay attention to the words that you say about yourself, you begin to really empower yourself to make those shifts from I'm a piece of crap to I'm a wonderful person. It's not one rung up a ladder. I can give you infinite different sentences to say, but just literally sit down with a piece of paper, and if you call yourself a piece of crap, then put piece of I am a piece of crap at the bottom of the page. What would you rather think if you got if you reached your highest state of empowerment, highest state of enlightenment? What would you want to be able to say about yourself? Put that at the very top of the page, and now starting down at the bottom, just start writing what you think your rungs of the ladder are. If you go from I'm a piece of crap to I'm a piece of work to I'm super annoying to, right? And you just start to work your way up. Come up with 5, 10, 15, 20. How many ever you think? And just start free writing. Just start writing. Because whatever you say are your words, therefore it will work for you. I can give you 50 different examples, but in the end, you're going to sit down with your own pen and a pad Get in your own mind lab, and you're going to figure out what it is you can say to yourself, starting down from what you're saying negatively about you now, all the way up to your highest state of enlightenment and empowerment. Create this ladder for yourself. And then when you catch yourself 
saying mean things to you. You know what to say back. I'm not a piece of crap. I'm just a piece of work. I'm not a piece of work. I am a human. I'm not just human. I have emotions. I don't just have emotions. I have feelings. I don't just have feelings. I can be happy. I'm not just happy. I am a good person. That could be something similar, right? That's I'm done with the explanations of this. You will come up with your own. But put I am a piece of crap at the bottom and put what you'd prefer to be saying about yourself up at the top and create your own ladder. And you want to make sure that the negative thing is at the bottom of the page because we're creating a ladder. We're moving up. So what are your identity statements? If they are not fulfilling your highest sense of self, if they are not fueling you to feel some some level of contentment or positivity about yourself, then you're going to want to start focusing on that. All right, we're at 32 minutes. Okay, well, we're going to, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I ever thought I was going to keep my 177 below 30. Um, let's talk about three kinds of uh, language patterns that you could be using here. Are you using toward or away language? Are you using scarcity versus abundance language? And are you using possibility versus impossibility language? Let's start with possibility and impossibility. There might be certain things that it is impossible for you to do. If I said, if I put a 500 pound weight in front of you and said, pick up the 500 pound weight, and you just looked at yourself and you just went over and you tried to pick it up, more than likely you're not going to be able to pick up a 500 pound dumbbell. It's extremely heavy. I don't know many people in this world who could other than those ones on that ESPN Strongest Man competition show. But I didn't just say you could only do it with your own self. If you allow possibility to come in, then you start to realize that you could create a lever arm. You could utilize a piece of machinery. You could use some cables and some wires. And next thing you know, you're picking up 500 pounds. Because if you use enough levers, eventually 500 pounds actually starts to feel like 200, and then 100. This is why you'll see those cable lever systems in factories. Because if you use enough of those, each one of those levers, each one of those little circly things where the wire goes over, it takes on some of that weight. So I, you know, you might see somebody trying to, uh, something's falling down the mountain and it's tied to a rope and people will wrap it around a tree, right? Now that tree is taking on a brunt of the weight and you're just merely holding on to the end of the rope so it doesn't unravel and then the thing goes down the mountain. Are you seeing life as a possibility or impossibility? When you use language that says that's impossible, then you are literally drawing yourself into the corner of the disempowered dynamic. When you think something's impossible, what are you not seeing? What are you not feeling is is possible? What are you saying to yourself that's actually causing that particular task or goal or whatever it might be to feel impossible to you? Are you utilizing your own universally granted to you creativity to come up with a strategy to make it possible? Things are only impossible when we are not creative enough to discover their possibility. Every human invention has been somebody's like, man, this is really tough. I really hate having to light all these candles all the time. I wish there was just a way to have a have a light bulb or something. Oh, a light bulb. And next thing you know, Edison's got a thousand of these things until he finally nails it. If he thought that was an impossible thing, we'd all still be sitting around in the dark. And it goes the same way when we think about scarcity and abundance. If you go around and I get looking at your bank account, you might think that you're living in a scarcity world. Inflation's going nuts. Gas prices are up and down, 
right? We're, we're, all look, we're all hurting a little on the financial side. But when you see money as being the only thing that can provide you abundance, again, you are painting yourself into the corner of the disempowered dynamic. Money isn't the only thing that creates abundance. In fact, there are many who would argue that money doesn't create abundance at all. It creates opportunities to have things, to experience things, but is that really the abundance that we are all seeking internally? Is that that soul, spiritual, you know, energy that we, right? Our soul and our spirit and all that jazz, it sort of has this, this upward motion it seeks. Money isn't what's bringing that to us. Money might provide us a chance to go to the amusement park, go on a vacation, do these things. But when we're there, are we living an abundant life while we're experiencing them? Are we grateful? Are we humbled? Do we, do we have integrity, right? Are we living an ecological life where things are not just good for us, but they're also good for others and the world at large? When you go around thinking that you are living a life of have not, where are you blocking yourself from seeing the have? We all have a certain level of abundance, especially in this country. Majority of us have indoor plumbing and cell phones and internet. These are not things that the rest of the world just have as readily available as we do. Like our base housing conditions for even our poorest of poor are better than like 70, 80% of the world's. Like we are trampling over other people when it comes to quality of life. And you walk around feeling like you're, 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 you don't have when you have so much. Where can you open up your eyes to see what you have? And you can be content, even happy and joyful for what you have, but you can also be and this is really important. You can also be ambitiously discontent. It's, you don't have to say, okay, well, I've, I've achieved the financial level I have or the education level I have or the physical body development level I have. And Jesse said, just be content. So I'm not going to seek to achieve more. That's not where I'm going with this. And it's never been where I've gone with this. You can be content with who you are today. At the same time, you can be ambitiously discontent. You can say, yes, I'm very happy with where I'm at. I am enough. I am good enough. I am amazing. I am no longer a piece of crap. I am a great person who deserves the oxygen I breathe. And today, I'm going to do something for one minute more to even up-level it higher. And if my energy's down, then okay. I'm just going to maintain my status quo for today because you know what's really happening right now is I'm recharging. It's like when you put the phone on the charge portal and you walk away from it. The phone's not useless. It's just recharging. So if you live in this scarcity mindset, are you opening yourself up to all the things that you have accomplished and the resources you have inside of yourself to continue to accomplish? And this leads me to toward and away language patterns. If you are constantly saying to yourself, I don't want to be a drunk anymore because I was a loser and I was a thief and all of these negative things. You're using away energy. If you say, I want to get sober because I want to, I want my family and I to bond more presently in the moments. I want to feel more into my life and heal my traumas. I want to get, uh, attain a healthier lifestyle. That's toward language. When you're trying to get away from something, that's away language. Right? Some people will say, well, I go to work because I don't want to be poor and sleeping on the street. That's a way language. Somebody else might say, I go to work because I want to be financially stable and able to, to go on really cool trips because I love to travel and experience other cultures. That is toward language. 
Now, neither are necessarily good or bad. It's all subjective to your perspective. But when you're looking at things constantly with this in a way, it's like you're trying to run away from this monster rather than going toward the euphoria. All I'm simply asking for you is to just shift into your awareness. Are you using toward or away language? And is the one you are using propelling you toward your meant to be, towards who you want to be in your sobriety and recovery journey? I use toward and I use away on a regular basis. And I know exactly where I use them. One of the things like I do enjoy sleeping sometimes till nine in the morning. Now, some people might say, got to get up at 5 a.m. That's great. You can do that. I like to stay up and work till 12, one o'clock at night in order to get my seven hours of sleep, maybe even eight. Getting up at eight or nine is when I, I mean, last night I went to bed at one in the morning, got back up today at eight. That's my seven hours. All right. You might go to bed at nine o'clock and want to get up at 5 a.m. More power to you. That's your own subjective perspective of when it feels good for you to go to sleep and to get up. Where I'm bringing this up right now is because I will use away language at eight, nine in the morning rather than trying to sleep till 10 or 11, which is really just tossing and turning and it's not good sleep anyways. I'll be like, that's it. You know, if you stay stay in bed, you're going to wake up. You're going to feel like you're already behind the eight ball. You're going to waste time in bed. Don't be a bum. Get out of bed. Now, it may not be the nicest way to talk to myself, but it works. Gets me to sit up, go to the restroom, drink some water, and now my day is ready to start. Now I'll be more positive toward myself because my feet are on the ground. Now, I'm not telling you to do either one of these. I don't want a bunch of comments in some somewhere saying, I can't believe you're encouraging people to tell, call themselves bums when they first wake up. I am not. <laughs> that is something that I have said to myself. Other times, it's just like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Slept till nine o'clock. All right, let's go get some steps. All right, let's, let's immediately get up. Let's get the body going. Let's get the blood pumping. Some days I'm like, all right, you're, let's rock and roll. Other days I'm just like, oh, you slept too late. God. All right, you know, you're bumming around like that. Let's go. Let's get, let's get in gear. All right. Neither language pattern is necessarily good or bad as long as it leads me towards what I desire. And first thing in the morning, it's going to be to drink some water, get some coffee, and get into action mode. I don't sit on the couch and watch television for two hours when I first wake up. I'm up. Let's do something. For 12 years, I was a breakfast waiter in Los Angeles. I trained myself to have that alarm go off and in less than 15 minutes be in my car driving to work and less than 30 minutes after the alarm woke me up, I was setting up a breakfast restaurant for, to open in 30 minutes. So I would wake up at 6 o'clock and I'd be opening up a restaurant by 7, sometimes 7.30. I just like waking up immediately doing things. It's my thing. You can have a different way. Whatever works for you. Just understand what you are saying and doing. Toward and away, scarcity, abundance, possibility, impossibility. At any given time, you might find a benefit in one or the other. You might think that it's impossible to survive base jumping, and that might save you from breaking your leg base jumping. It can be a myriad of different scenarios. I'm just seeking for you to bring it into your conscious awareness which language pattern you're using. Toward away, scarcity, abundance, possibility, impossibility. Remember, when you think you're self-sabotaging yourself, that's unconscious. Self-sabotaging is unconscious. If you're a spy and you're sabotaging somebody's computer network, they don't know what's happening. As soon as they discover that you're doing it, it's no longer this secret, untraceable sabotage. It is knowingly espionage against them. 
It's the same thing with yourself. When you don't know what's happening, it's unconscious behaviors, then you can call it self-sabotage. Once it's been brought into your awareness, it's just a shitty choice. And you've got to make that decision. It's subjective to perspective. It may not be a shitty choice. It may be the best choice for you in the moment. I don't know. Because without making this into a four-day-long episode, I cannot possibly go through all of the scenarios. But when you're spiraling down and beating yourself up, you have to ask yourself, what is the secondary gain that you are getting from beating yourself up? What is it that is, is, is this gain that it's not what you want? Calling yourself a piece of shit isn't what you really want to be doing. You want to be calling yourself a good person. You want to be showing yourself you're a good person. So when you beat yourself up, there is some gain from it. Something positive is coming from it. Honestly, that's how we were all in addiction for so long. Even though we knew it was destroying us, there was so many secondary gains, we didn't want to release those. Even if we knew we were destroying our body, our mind, and our spirit, we kept down that path because of all the secondary gains. Until the secondary gains were no longer gains anymore. They weren't worth the pain. And we'll get you out of here on this. Circumstances create consequences, and consequences create outcomes. All right, circumstances are these events that happen in your life. Everything is a, everything is a circumstance. It's uh, your whole life is just just a series of circumstances. You know, pacing back and forth in, in the office right now versus sitting down in the chair as I shoot the podcast. This is a circumstance. I've created this event in my life. I am pacing back and forth as I do this podcast. All right, there's consequences. Right, the consequences could be tired legs later on today. Uh, the consequence could also be that my mind is sharper and faster, and I'm able to talk very smoothly and flow because my body is moving. Consequences aren't negative or positive. That's again subjective to your perspective. But these circumstances will create consequences. Again, desirable, undesirable. It's subjective to your perspective. It's also subjective to other people's perspectives. And in the end, it creates an outcome. The outcome for this will be that, yes, my left knee is is starting to hurt right now. It's also going to be an outcome of the podcast will be done. And I feel like it's been some pretty powerful content. I believe I brought a tremendous amount of value by taking things I've discussed over multiple shows and bringing it all into one. Your circumstances create consequences. And your consequences create your outcomes. These outcomes can either be temporary, temporal, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm sure my knee hurts right now, but that's that's temporary, right? This podcast is done. That's permanent. So your outcomes can either be temporary or long-term and more permanent. When you go to do things, ask yourself, is this going to lead you to a temporary situation? There's an impermanence to life. I don't think a lot of us take into consideration when we go to make choices about what to do at any given moment. Let me repeat that. There is an impermanence to life. I do not think most of us take into account when we go to make decisions in the moment. It's almost like there's a part of us that that still lives in that fight or flight mode that cave people lived in for so long. As if each decision is life or death. We don't live in a world where every decision is life or death. Eat the broccoli, eat the cupcake. It's not life or death. You do that, you do one or the other for 20 years straight. Yes, one person can be much healthier than the person who ate cupcakes for 20 years. 
Now, even that though isn't permanent. You can still get into a healthy nutrition strategy. You can still shift your eating habits and you can reverse a lot of those effects long-term sugar intake has created in you. Even that isn't permanent. Yes, at some point there becomes a, now you have diabetes. That's something you will permanently have. Okay, but now you live a life where you are making decisions each and every day based on the fact that you have diabetes, but is each choice permanent or is it also temporary? There, when we think of, when we go to, let me, let me, let me just reel it back real fast. Why I brought up impermanence is because a lot of times we make these decisions as if once we've made it, that's it. That's it. This is the path that we're now on. That isn't necessarily the case. Yes, you are going down a path and you can make a different decision. And that doesn't mean you take 10 steps back and, and go back to the fork in the road and remake that decision. Right. You've already walked forward 10 steps. You can walk backwards 10 steps to the fork in the road, but you already have the experience of those 10 steps down the left fork. Even if you were to cross over the woods and get back over the other road, you have still created an entire new path, but it wasn't permanent. The decision to go down the left fork wasn't permanent. Most decisions aren't permanent. You can shift them. You can change them. You can choose differently. If you've been calling yourself a piece of shit for, for, since you were a little kid, you do not have to permanently call yourself that. You have the choice to change and make a new decision. And I get that there can be blocks and barriers and limiting beliefs and all of these things that have just compounded and compiled and you feel like you're just stuck in this behind these castle walls of destruction upon yourself. I understand it because I have lived it as well. And as you go to climb up each rung of that ladder from I'm a piece of shit and I'm worthless to I am worthy and I am lovable and I am a good, amazing human, that castle wall could be so tall. But standing down at the base and just looking up isn't getting up that wall any faster. All of this is going to take time. All of this is going to take effort. But life is going to move forward regardless of whether you're putting in this effort or not. Do you want to be somebody who used to see themselves as a piece of crap, but now sees themselves as an amazing person? And then three months, six months, 12 months, 2,700 months, you're not going to get there until you take a step today. What's one thing you can do today? What's one minute of positive, desirable behavior behavior that will move you toward your destination. That's one of the reasons I'm launching a new show here soon. I'm going to be doing it on Facebook. I'm going to be doing it on Instagram, uh, perhaps even some YouTube, LinkedIn type of stuff. But I, I'm not sure what the name's going to be yet. I'm definitely thinking the Jesse Mogul show. But I've talked about with my tribe about calling it Unfunk Yourself. U-N-F-U-N-K Yourself. Unfunk Yourself. And the tagline is going to be one minute to more. What's something you can do today for one minute to begin to achieve more? Again, being content with who we are today, but ambitiously discontent. Because we also know that there's so much more amazing locked up inside of us. We can be good with where we're at and also seek to achieve more. That's not a paradox. That's not like getting stuck in the matrix. It's like, well, I'm, I am who I am, and that's what Jesse said, so I shouldn't push myself. No. No, that's not what I said. 
You can be happy and content with who you are today, also knowing that there is more out there for you. This is what humans do. We achieve something, hedonistic adaptation kicks in, and we decide we want to achieve more. And whenever you're feeling low in your energy, realize you're recharging. You're not breaking down. The recharge is necessary. So soon I'll be launching that, probably looking at September. I set up my whole office. I've got soft boxes and good lighting and a great microphone and the whole thing. And I want to start, you know, just doing these quick little snippets. I think one of the things I do with this show is that I get so amped up about these topics. And even though I could, sh- I could have turned the personal responsibility, the I am statement stuff, the, um, the language pattern stuff, the circumstances being temporary, long-term, the self-sabotage. I could have turned all of those into five episodes and I could have shot them all today, but then you wouldn't be getting all of it for five more weeks. There's this part of me that just like, when it's firing on all cylinders inside of me, I just want to get it out. I want you to have it. You might have to start and stop this podcast 10 times throughout your day as you're running errands, but at least it's accessible to you. So the idea of doing shorter episodes, while it does seem like it might help some of you make it to the end, according to the statistics, you all do. It just might take a long time to accomplish. And that's okay. Cause I've gotten enough feedback from y'all to have heard that, Hey, you know, I'm going to listen to you at my own pace. So don't worry about how long you're making the episodes. So today's was almost an hour. It's episode 177. You know how much I love my ones and sevens when paired together. And this episode means something to me because as much as I can talk to that 20 year old young man, and try to break him out of his own thought patterns and try to guide him. I can't make him, right? I can't make him. So let me correct myself right there. I cannot make him do anything. And I can use my language patterns and I can use my coaching strategies and, and seek to open up his own mind to the vast expansiveness that his life can be. But when I'm getting blocked, 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 it's like Manute Bull, you know, it's a basketball player from back in the day who was like eight feet tall and he's blocked everything. Block, block, block with you know lack of personal responsibility. I'm going to blame and I'm going to complain. And I'm going to make excuses. Right? I'm going to latch on to this identity statement that I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to be utilizing away from language and scarcity language and impossibility language. And I don't want to hear anything about your toward and your abundance and your possibility. Fuck you. I'm right and you're wrong and you're doing it to me too. Right? Ah, this is all so permanent. Right? There's, where is this idea that things are temporary? This isn't going to last forever. This is just part of the journey. This is just one of the stages you go through. At month two, I was not thinking about what month 77 was going to be like in sobriety and recovery. I was immersed in month two. You are wherever you're at in your journey. For many of you, you are... You know, I can't even say for many of you. I've got listeners from all sides, from day ones to year 33. You are wherever you're at. What we're doing here in this episode, in all of the episodes really, is bringing things that might be off your peripheral vision, outside of your natural awareness, and we're bringing them into your awareness. Ask yourself, where are you blaming, complaining, and making excuses? Where are you using identity statements that are no longer fitting of who you are and what you're seeking to achieve in yourself? Realizing that it's a ladder, not just one one giant leap. Right? Where, what language patterns are you using toward versus away, scarcity or abundance, possibility versus impossibility? 
Are you seeing things as being temporary whenever they're actually more long-term? Are you seeing things being long-term when they're actually more temporal? Temporary. Temporal is a word. I just want to make sure you understood. Temporal is temporary. right? Do you know the difference between temporal and long-term and long-term and temporary? Are you being aware enough to realize that you take on a job that could be long-term or you get your ass fired tomorrow? You might decide to quit tomorrow. And then self-sabotage, right? Once it's been brought into your awareness, it's no longer self-sabotage. It's a shitty choice. When you are spiraling down and you're beating yourself up, what is the secondary gain you get from that? If you talk crap to yourself enough, you won't try new things. Therefore, you don't have to feel failure. A secondary gain would be not feeling failure, not stepping. I don't want to feel fear. So a secondary gain of not pushing yourself outside your comfort zone would be staying in your comfort zone where you are comfortable and you don't have to feel fear. But you are already, and you've known this for as long as you've listened to this show, you are uncomfortable in your comfort zone. You're actually more afraid of not becoming the person you know is inside of you than you are afraid of becoming that person. There is a, there is a, death grip that many humans hold on to where it's like, what if I actually do achieve that? Right? And then there's all this new responsibility. But then you sit on the couch in your underwear eating bonbons watching The Simpsons beating yourself up and unhappy with the life that you have simply for what? You think you're protecting yourself, but you're actually just harming yourself even more. The human mind, human body I honestly believe from the divinity above, whatever you want to call yours, mine's the universe, yours could be Mr. Rogers, yours could be God, right? We were blessed with breath and life on this planet to do things, to achieve things, to experience things. You are not experiencing life. Staring down at your phone, staring at a streaming service, sitting on your couch in your underwear, eating bonbons. It's time to get dressed, put on our running shoes, and get out there and start busting our ass for the life that we desire. No one's going to hand it to you. You can't pay somebody to do your your push-ups for you. It's time for you to step into the empowerment dynamic. You create your life with the help of a coach and a challenger, and I can assure you, you keep putting forth effort. Each day, ask yourself, what's one thing I can do for one minute? to achieve more. You do that consistently, and I promise you, your life will become all the way up. As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I got chills right now. I got some straight shivers from the end right there. I am fucking, I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights very heavy. I'm so fired up right now. And I'm going to figure out a way to make sure the birds can eat. As always, Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. I swear I'm going to continue to mess that up. Sober. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. God, I miss you, Ron. Shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. See you next week. Bye-bye.